Hello there. We are delighted to have Marina McCulley from Aware NI on the pod this month. Marina, you're very, very welcome to Here's the Thing. Thank you, Steve. Lovely to meet you, Andrew. Marina, we're going to just jump straight in. Um, we give you, uh, we're going to give you a few random questions just to get us started. Um, first one is, I always want to know this about people. What's your favorite ice cream flavor, and and why? If you don't mind, just telling us why you like that flavor. I'm actually not a lover of ice cream at all. I very rarely eat ice cream, but if it's warm in the summer or whatever, I, I would have one. But raspberry ripple is probably my flavor. And why probably reminds me of getting, you know, like sliders or the, the ice cream and the wafers, whether it was we, we used to get a big block, long block, and then you, the mum would have cut it into slices and we're standing in the queue waiting for one. So it was usually a raspberry ripple with a wee bit of flavor on it. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> the second question is slightly random again, but if you had to be locked in a room for eight hours solid, to watch one TV series, what would you choose and why? I think I would choose the Line of Duty all over again because <laughs> even when I watched it first time, I didn't understand it. So I was thinking, yeah, probably could watch that over again and maybe catch a bit more of it. Love. Okay, Line of Duty. I, I think you should have a Line of Duty day someday anyway and just lock yourself in a room for eight hours and watch it. My next question is, would you rather be able to fly or be invisible? And I'm going to push you on why you've chosen. Fly, fly, just so I can go about places and land in without having the long travel time. I do a long commute to work, so it's lovely. <laughs> Sometimes everything can all wish somebody could just fly me home. I guess with fuel prices as well, it might be easier as well. Okay, where is your favourite holiday destination that you've been and also where would you love to go? Well, I've loved a wee place called Cinque Terre in Italy, which is like five wee small villages. Um, it's just, it was lovely just right along the sea and you got the train to each stop. It was lovely. Uh, I'd love to go back to Italy, but I'd also love to go. I have a sister who lives over in San Francisco and I'd love to go back over there for a long trip. You know, take, we took a trip a few years back for three weeks or three and a half weeks. So I'd love to take another long trip. I think you should get that booked. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Steve. <laughs> I want it. Hope I hope you're taking note of all these things. Okay. Well, Marina, tell us a little bit about you, yourself. You and I and Ruth have only just met this mm -hmm. evening. So we are keen to hear a little bit about what makes you tick. Uh, your family, hobbies, where you live, what you do. And so I am single. I have a daughter. She's 21 in her third year of university. And uh, I live in a little village called Market Hill. So it's between Armagh and Newry, County Armagh. Um, so I live beside the beautiful Gosford here. So we have the Forest Park just right beside us. So um it's great for being able to get out and walk and stuff like that. So uh, I work in AWARE um, in the Belfast office. So I am head of service development there in uh, Belfast, but I joined the organization nine years ago, actually as a sessional trainer and then became education and training officer and then 
now head of service development. So I'm very passionate about mental health and personal development and looking after ourselves. And I suppose that's always made me tick when you say what makes you tick. It's that, you know, limiting beliefs and finding out how our mind works and just learning how we look after ourselves and de-stress and and keep developing and learning and challenging ourselves and growing. I love people. I've always loved people. So fascinated by people and their stories and just love to know about them. I think it's only fair that Ruth and I do this. I haven't even told Ruth that we're going to do this. Okay, Marina, my name is Steve. I am a learning support assistant in Parkall Integrated College, which I really love. And um, some some days, I'm sure the staff will tell you I'm more like one of the kids. Um, but I really love being part of the school, and being part of the school in the heart of the community in Park Hall and uh, Integrated College is such a great school. I I'm just going to say I, lo- I love the book and I love coffee. Um, I really love the television show, the the U.S. Office. That's me in a nutshell. Ruth, what makes you tick? Um quite a lot of things uh so i live and work <laughs> in the big city lights of Antrim. outside of that big harry styles fan not even <laughs> for that. i am 37 years old and it was fantastic um may have spent an hour one morning in work getting slain tickets but i am who i am ruth how many times have you been to see harry styles live no that is a question Harry says I've been to see twice, One Direction I've had been to see three times maybe, so I'll now even it up in June when we go to Slane. Not even embarrassed, he's really cool, I don't care. Nice one. Marina, not everybody listening to the pod will know what AWARE is and what the charity does, what they're involved in, how it started, services offered. Can you give us a wee snapshot into the world of AWARE? Yeah, sure. So AWARE were set up in 1996, so 26 years ago, celebrated 25 years last year. Um, And we're set up really to support people living with depression, bipolar and anxiety and started off as uh, support groups uh, where people would travel around the country just to meet up and try and set up support groups. Um, we now have 26 support groups around Northern Ireland and at the moment we offer groups out online and face-to-face. COVID obviously had an impact on that, but positive outcome of that was that we now have the online, more online um, availability for people who are maybe isolated or in rural communities. So we offer the support groups. We also offer um, support through education and training, which is the department that I particularly work in. So we uh, design and develop programs around mental health awareness, around um, cognitive behavioral therapy, so some programs to help people with their recovery um, or to manage their mood, whether they have a diagnosis or not. We also train other people like mental health champions out in the workplace and in the community to support people. Um, who they come across uh, within their groups or organizations or schools or workplaces. Um, so we train them how to support others if someone would come to, that, come to them with a problem or in a mental health crisis. 
And so we have uh, support mail there as well and an interactive website where there's lots of information and lots of signposting. So if any anyone has a, a question really on how to support either themselves or a family member, um, you can go onto the website and, and find some support there. Uh, we support people from not right through the 90. We, we work with perinatal mental health uh, right through to later years. Uh, we deliver programs out into the schools, workplaces and communities. And um, we we just work with other organisations. We partner with other organisations that might support people with a particular need. And then we campaign for services then as well. So we take back that feedback from people out there on the ground as to their experience of mental health and mental health services and accessing those services. And I suppose our commitment, our AWARE's commitment is that any individual will be able to access services that they need at whatever, wherever they are on that spectrum and uh, wherever they are in the in the country, Northern Ireland as well, because services can be very different depending on where you live. So that's a, a bit of background. We are genuinely delighted to have you on the pod. I think my next question, um, I'm going to introduce it, will probably come off the back of a lot of conversations. Ruth and I have we chat mental health stuff all the time and I think we we've chatted quite a bit about the the, the topic being kind to your mind mm-hmm. and I think you would probably agree with us as people we aren't very good at self-care self-love I want to just say to just the theme basically of our conversation tonight being kind to your mind and, and self-care mm-hmm. Could you, if you do agree with me, I hope you do agree with me, could you could you maybe give your thoughts on why we as people aren't great at making it important that we are kind to our minds and that we make sure that we build into our schedule some self-care? I think probably because there's still quite a bit of work to do um, with having us be aware of our mental health the same way as we are with our physical health and that you know we will think about physically uh what we need you know if we need to eat or we need to sleep or we need to rest or we need to get up and get dressed and stuff like that and we don't think of our mental health in the same way as in do we need to rest our mind you know how how do we nourish our mind how do we take care of our mind um and it's just not, it doesn't always come to the the forefront and i think we don't always see the connection between our mind and how we're thinking and how that might physically affect us or how you know we may behave because we're thinking a certain thing and feeling a certain way then we might behave differently um so i think that's one of the things that you know, there's still quite a bit of work to do. We are talking much more about mental health and our minds um, and self-care. I suppose when you say self-care, you know, even the words, often people think, you know, of like a bubble bath or something nice and floaty. And, and it's, you know, there's so much more to it. There's so much more to looking after your mind than doing those types of things. Um, and I think, I suppose there's the stigma 
around, you know, our culture. You know, Rafe, you were talking there about uh, people in different countries and connecting with them in different cultures. So here is, you know, we've been brought up in, in a culture in Northern Ireland too, and very often of, you know, just suck it up, get on with it, you know, or self-care is like self-indulgence or it's selfish. It's selfish to be looking after yourself or... Um, and I think a big one, I think a big one in Northern Ireland too is, is that laziness. It's like self-care can be seen as being lazy. Uh, and it's, you know, how do we break it down as to what, what is self-care? You know, and we're probably going to talk about that, but it's like, what does self-care look like? Uh, if you're giving your mind a rest or you're giving it time to rejuvenate, how do you do that? You know, what you take time out. I've read lots of interesting things recently. Like I have two kids, um, mm -hmm. not to know about my hobbies. But, um, I I wouldn't say I'm a gentle parent, but I read a lot of gentle parenting things. And recently, there's been a lot of focus on like you know self care and time to yourself is not closing the door to go to the bathroom or not having a shower where nobody's banging the shower door. You know, yeah. like time to yourself is not necessarily self care. Like. No, it's very different. That's doing the very minimum is actually just taking time to have a shower on your own or whatever. I was going to ask you though, um, do you think like the notion of being kind to yourself or like self care even differs like in generations and ages? Like I had a conversation the other day about the younger members of the, like the workforce and our graduates and stuff they are much more keen for you to meet them where they are mm -hmm. rather than like kind of suck it up like we were talking about suck it up mm -hmm. and just step into the world of work do you I, you said like you did with everybody from like not the 90 do, do you see like a difference in people's approaches to like being kind to themselves and taking time away I think I think it probably just differs uh it, it differs person to person and it differs, you know, self-care is so many different looks because, you know, not everybody's active. Not everybody is good at connecting with people or talking to people. Um, you know, self-care for one person might be like you're talking to her, Steve, but taking a cup of coffee, you know, that might be a cup of coffee uh, is self-care to, to one person actually, you know, a parent break in a way. But actually enjoying that cup of coffee, it's not just shutting the door and taking time to yourself, but it's actually filling you with some sort of nourishment that has you feel like you're looking after yourself. It's a, it's about that feeling of looking after yourself. But I think young people, yes, they seem to be, I think they have more of an ability to say no now um, yeah. compared to previous generations. Um and I think because we are getting the message out there to look after yourself, then they also are maybe more likely to reach out and ask for a wee bit of help. Not always, but, you know, it is becoming more acceptable to do that. Um, I mean, the schools have, you know, all have counsellors there and students, are, they're aware how to access that. They're aware that they can put in a request to see a counsellor. So it's like... Those types of things which years ago would have been very taboo or not talked about, they're quite openly talked about now. Um, so I think that's good. But I think self-care can be very different depending on what age you are, you know. Uh, 
I mean, what if if you were to look at yourself there, Ruth, as a young mom, you know, shutting the door, she says one thing. It's, it's, it can be sometimes like I just need a break um, and and a refresher. But what what's what are the things that you could do then actually for yourself? That's something for you that's not, um, you know, an escape or a so mission. I feel like I'm quite decent at it like I sing with a group of old ladies so like a Tuesday night is like my thing and it is a rush to get home and get the kids fed and off to start that bedtime routine but it's something I've done for like the last 15 years so I was keen to keep it up and thankfully my husband doesn't work on a Tuesday night so I can continue to do that and I'm also fortunate in that me and a lot of my friendship group have all had kids at the same time you know so like a we can offload on each other like I've got many as a whatsapp group on the go but b like we can always just go and meet each other too and like there's great places like honeybees playtime and like Balmina and stuff where it's a it's not a soft play because gross um it's, a, <laughs> it's kind of like imaginative play you know like there's little shops and stuff set up and you can just let them go like I am not a helicopter parent at all off you go play right. in your imagination and we can sit down and have coffee and like I I think that's really necessary like you know yourself it's all encompassing all the time but like that's the connection that connection is is just brilliant when you're meeting other moms I think at that stage of your life or that transition is really vital that connection and connecting out with people and that in itself is self-care isn't it it's great away from your work Marina mm-hmm Personally speaking, what sort of things do you regularly build in to ensure that you're being kind to your own mind, self-love, making sure you, you're looking after your own mental health? Are you intentional about some things that are done on a weekly, daily basis? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and just like everybody else, you know, things get on top of you and some weeks are better than others. Um, for me, I have to say self-love probably was something that I, I personally really struggled with. Um, and I used to always hear people say, you need to love yourself. You need to love yourself. And for people say, but how, how do you do that? And the biggest thing for me was actually really starting with my mind and stopping criticizing myself was a massive, made a massive change to my life because I think I just always did that from when I was young. You know, it was always pointing out the things that I did wrong or I didn't get right or I didn't do enough of and always would have had high expectations of myself, pushing myself further and further. And those things then would have, you know, even if I did a job well, I would come away looking at, you know, could have done that better, should have done that better, those kinds of things. So for me, it wasn't a doing thing. It was actually really challenging the thoughts that were inside my mind so one of my practices is um journaling so i I journal quite a lot um and it could be you know part of the journaling can be the things that i did well or you know giving myself that wee sense of you know what i did that that and that yes i didn't get that done and i wanted to get that done or um you know I, i didn't reach a goal that I had set for myself but it's about acknowledging the small steps that I did take 
But a big thing also um, for me with journaling, which I love, is just I could, you just dump everything. So I just write and write and write and write and write and write. And often for me, that changes the thoughts as I'm writing them. I start to look at it, you know, and as, particularly if I something was annoying me, um, I would just write it all down. And sometimes I can see a pattern in maybe it shows up, you know, with a, you know, this is familiar feeling to me. I felt this before. This is not really particular to this incident. It's reminding me of a previous incident. Um, and so I can often pick a wee pattern out of that. So, and as soon as I see that, I feel better. I, I you know, I, I do feel better. But those are the things I do with my, I suppose, empty in my mind. Um, on a doing, you know, the physically doing something. Um, I, during COVID, I, I did my garden and I just loved going out there. And do you know, it's like, like a middle-aged or old woman now, when you're talking about the garden, you know, it just, if you'd have said to me that I would have been planting plants and stuff, I would have said never in a million years, but it was just something that I started in COVID when we were in lockdown. And I absolutely love it. It's just my wee haven. It's my wee space for just go out and take a cup of coffee or take my shoes off and walk around the grass. And uh, at the risk of you saying all sorts about me, I talk to the plants and everything. <laughs> looking lovely. <laughs> so, but for me, it just brings so much joy. I think um, I, I love what you said about your mind and how you talk to yourself. I was going to say I love this quote from Brené Brown, but I sometimes hate it because it challenges me so much and I, I'm so wick at it. And Brené Brown says, talk to yourself like you would someone you love. And and I read that on Monday. I read that on Monday morning this week and we're recording here on Thursday night. And I've thought about all the people that I love that I've met this week, like my nephews, my nieces, my friends, people in my world. And so often I do not talk inside Steve Caldwell's mind to myself the way I talk to all of those people. I absolutely love what you said there about that. Um, absolutely. Um, there might be somebody who's listening tonight who this just might all be an absolutely foreign concept, the idea of self-care, the idea of looking after yourself. I just want to read another Brené Brown quote. Um, she said somewhere else in one of her books, in a society that says put yourself last, self-love and self-acceptance are almost revolutionary in our world. Self-love and self-acceptance are almost revolutionary in our world. So there might be somebody listening tonight who might have stumbled upon our podcast and the idea of self-care, can you give some practical suggestions or ideas for somebody who maybe a light bulb's going, just come on tonight, they might want to start their journey of self-care. Can you give some suggestions? Practical tips? Well, I suppose we would always, in a way, we would always refer back to the public health agencies, take five messages, which, which are connect, be active, keep learning, uh, give and take notice and it, 
they seem very simple, um, but it's very hard sometimes to actually put all of those into either your day or your week. But I think for somebody just starting out, it's, if, if you can make one small change to your routine, like even 10 minutes in a day, um, you know, and, and it could be one of those like connect, you know, Ruth, you were talking there about, you know, singing. I mean, that's huge. You're just connecting with people. You're, you're, you're being active because you're doing an activity. You're learning something because you're learning new songs. You know, you're giving back to the community. You're giving that sound back out. Um, and you're taking notice of the people that's in the group. So I think for anybody starting out in this journey, it's maybe about looking at where, where could you connect to yourself first of all, and see, well, what is it that you need? What is it that nourishes you? What is it that fills you up? You know, are there things that you stop doing that maybe you used to do? Um, and that might be just, just taking a walk. It might be being in a group. Maybe you were in a group before COVID hit and, you know, that stopped and it's now reconnecting back in again. Um, practically, just maybe try and if you if you're feeling bored or stuck or stagnant, then that might be time just to learn a new skill and maybe join a class. Uh, or if you don't feel like going out, then joining the class, then you know do something online. There are a lot more. There's a lot more available online now. Um, and then give is the other one, um, and self care and give sound like they're opposites. But actually, they're not, you know, sometimes it's like you were saying there, see, even, you know, when you were talking to other people and you're being kind to them, it's like you get that back. You get that lovely feeling that actually fills your own jug up, as we would talk about, you know. Um, so it's like when you, you give a smile to somebody or you give your time to somebody, I mean, don't give things that you don't have if, if you're working hard and you don't have a lot of time, then take the time for yourself for self-care. Um, but um, if you do have a bit of time, you can maybe, you know, make a phone call to somebody or reach out to somebody. And I think other things is, is kind of pace yourself, you know, small things. If you're, if you're just starting on a journey of self-care and looking out for yourself, just start very, very small and pace yourself. Uh, rather than taking on too much. I think sometimes the notion of self-care, people think, you know, they should be off hiking through the mornings, you know, barefoot or taking ice baths first thing in the morning, you know. So like the start small, I think is very important. And somebody said to me like quite a long time ago, you know, it's really hard to put yourself first, which it is. And we've talked about that, but they said, you know, you can't be, the best partner you want to be or you can't be the best friend that you want to be without you know it's like you can't pour from an empty jug yeah but like if you fill yourself up first then you can give back what you want to put out there so I think that changed my opinion of like self-care and making time for yourself because now I know I can be better for well I mean other people yeah yeah totally and this goes back to what you were saying there Steve about you know being to yourself what you are to other people it's like that old um quoters are saying you know love is patient love is kind you know can we be patient with ourselves even if 
we're not well or our mind is overworked or our mind is full or we're not doing what we think we should be doing or we're comparing ourselves to other people. It's about, you know, can I be patient with myself and kind to myself um, because if somebody else was presenting themselves to me here now with the situation that's going on in my mind, what, you know, what would I say to them? How could I be a friend to them? And often self-care or self-love is really just about being a friend to yourself. I want to throw this. I want to throw this out there. I think that one of the most revolutionary things I've done in my life in the last two months is discover a button in my iPhone. <laughs> it's, it's actually called, um, it, the current iPhone is actually called Focus. Okay. It's basically a do not disturb. So my iPhone comes up and you just press Focus. And I will now start to do this whenever I'm at a live football match. When I went for a walk after school today, straight after school, when I'm watching the U.S. office, when I am with my nephews, when I'm doing something I love, I've now started to press this focus button on my phone because I think sometimes our phones can be so good for so many things, but for me, it can just be a portal for something that's not so good whenever I'm in a moment that is good, if that makes sense. So if I'm with my two nephews at the park as I was on Monday evening, I pressed focus because A, I wanted to say being with you guys is the most important thing to me right now. There's actually nothing on the end of this phone that could take me away from this. And also probably B, I'm not very good at being fragmented mentally in terms of, well, I'm, I'm having a tech conversation with somebody while I'm pushing my five-year-old on a swing. I think it's good for me to focus on the moment. So I, I've started the press. I just want to throw that out there for somebody who, who, who might want to start pressing, pressing, do not disturb. I realize it's not practical for people who are on call and different things, but for me, going for a walk today after school, then our press and focus, switching my phone on after, and there's always that, oh, oh, FOMO. Did somebody really mess you? And then you get the old timer and nobody messes you and you realize the world. <laughs> the, world <laughs> the world has continued to spin without being digitally getting involved anywhere. Um what we are this... our... sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. We've this wonderful thing in work in our calendars that's called it's the same thing called focus time. You know, um the etiquette is you don't disturb somebody that's having focus time. So if you can do it professionally. Why would you not do it outside of work too? I think you raised a really good thing there too, Stephen. That, um, and and I've learned this very recently, just through my own circumstances. But that our minds can actually only process so much as well, and so we do struggle to stay present to what we're doing. And at the minute, you've got all these devices. You know, could you could be working on a computer, and then you're coming home and you're on your phone or you're watching the TV and there's people in the house and there's sounds and there's noises and there's, you know, all sorts going on. And, and really there's just so much, there's so much sound coming from everywhere. There's so much visual stuff going on. Your mind actually does really struggle to process it. Never mind, you know, respond then. And as you say, it's really about stopping and just focusing on one thing at a time but even being aware that there could be a tv going on you're on your phone and the cooker and the fans going and all these things at the same time 
it's just, it can be overwhelmed. Uh, and we don't notice it on a daily basis until you actually maybe, you know, turn around and snap at somebody or something. You're thinking, actually, it's just, I'm just overwhelmed. But turning those things off, like maybe turning the TV off while you're cooking the dinner or, you know, that in itself is just limiting what your mind's having to process. Sometimes the most glorious sound is silence, too. Yes. You know, like on a on a Friday, everybody goes to school or work here and I'm on my own and the sign of silence is so glorious. Just, I mean, I have literally five minutes before I have to go and do like actual work, but this, that five minutes in the morning of peace and quiet, no TV, no TikTok, like it's so lovely. It's so, so true. Final questions for you, Marina. There's bound to be somebody listening to the pod who is overworked, has no boundaries, glued to their phone, glued to every social media platform that's going. They just feel like there's no time to be kind to their mind. Can you say something to that person who's maybe cl virgin close to burnout that could maybe encourage a change and underline the importance of self-care? I suppose that it is really realizing that you know, something somewhere along the line has to give if you're overworking. Um, the same as if you were over-exercising your physical body. You know, with the muscles in your body and everything else is just going to be exhausted and tired and not fit to do anything. And it's they're going to give way somewhere along the line. And it's the same, I think, with our mind if we continue to overwork. I think a lot of the time, self-care here is maybe changing our thought process um, as a starting point because if we're overworking, over blinking in on stuff, often the thoughts that are saying, you know, I have to do this or I need to do this or what if I don't do this or I need to be seen to be doing this and we're influenced by social, social settings and expectations and it's high expectations that we often place on ourselves. But I think uh, I think it comes back to self-care again in tuning in to, to yourself. You know, that person, if they're overworking and they're on social media, they're bound to be exhausted. And just maybe even check in, you know, how are you sleeping? Are you eating? Have you got a routine for food, for waking up? Um, how are you feeling internally? And a bit like Ruth said there earlier, but when you stop for five minutes, Mindfulness is great for this and just tune into your body. What what does it actually feel like? Um, at, and it could feel just totally anxious or it could feel, you know, tired, exhausted. Um, and it's listening. It's just listening to that and then taking a break if you can. Uh, if you're feeling particularly anxious, then maybe using that energy and getting out for a walk, taking a break from screen time. I talked there just about being able to process stuff. A break from screen time has huge benefits for your sleep, for uh, your mind, helping you process your thoughts, everything. But it's not so easy done because people can get quite addicted to it. Um, and it, it is the way of the world at the moment. But I think that is why people are struggling with stress as well because there's so much, so many technology advances 
And again, we're putting so much pressure on our mind and we're overworking our mind. But if you compare it to the physical, physical body, I think that's a good comparison sometimes to make, you know, really, would you be putting your physical body through this much, you know, work ends at five o'clock, you know, would you be physically still working, you know, on into seven whilst you're on the phone? Just simple things getting all we wouldn't be doing it, you know, but it's hard to close. It is hard for people to close the door. And I think working from home now as well, for a lot of people, um, especially at the start, people are getting better now, but it is having those conscious moments where you're saying, right, work has ended now, you know, the computer is down. Um, and or, or you're stepping out of the room and into a different room. You really have to make a conscious effort to say my work day is finished and this is my home life because if it seeps into your home life, then, you know, that's again where things can start to crumble down a wee bit. Equally, you need that split between like your work device and your like home or leisure device, you know, like I'm quite good at slamming down the laptop lid at five o'clock, but, you know, work life lives on in your phone night, eh? Yeah. So having that conscious divide between what you consume for work and what you consume for for leisure or pleasure like try not to let them collide which is easier said than done I guess can, can I just say I'm so grateful that the good lord invited that and in, invented that damn um, mute button on WhatsApp groups wow oh, that is, I mean that is a gift from above thank you for that um, mute and archive yeah yeah Yes, I'm brilliant. I've been I've been driven to the archive a few times as well. Um, yeah, hope nobody's listening that knows I'm in their WhatsApp group. She's um, <laughs> not actually very responsive. <laughs> Marina, thank you so much You're for so someone else tonight. Thanks for sharing. I I want to say personally, hearing you talk about things that we need to put into our life that fill up our buckets is a massive challenge to me. I mean, I'm thinking of just leaving here our conversation tonight and just making a list on my notes on the phone and just um recommitting myself to, to doing that. I want to thank you for your honesty. Thanks for your time. We are so glad you came on and we wish you all the best with AWARE and we'll love to have you back on the pod at some later date. Thank you very much. And we just want to say to anyone listening, um, self-care is so important and I really hope you'll join us in accepting the challenge of be, being kinder to your own mind and putting things in your daily life, your week, your month, your year that fill up your bucket. Thanks again, Marina. You're welcome. Thank you.